Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Unlocking Business Potential, your business and advisory podcast backed by BDO Chattanooga. I'm Kelsey and with me as always is my fabulous co-host Melissa. Hello, how's it going? Really, really good. And we've got an exciting topic to be talking about today. So this has been a requested topic from multiple people who've been asking us about business plans. More specifically, having a business plan, what should we include in the business plan, and also kind of the process behind it. Before we get stuck in, I just wanted to throw in our usual disclaimer that the information in this podcast is general in nature and no substitute for tailored advice specific to your particular circumstances. If you do need advice, make sure to touch base with your advisor. So firstly, today we really want to discuss the benefits of having a business plan. So a business plan is what gives you the direction you need when making decisions. Have you got any other ideas, Melissa, on what sort of benefits that a business plan provides to our business owners? It's definitely that thing that holds you accountable. Um, I think a lot of the time when we're making goals as humans, we know generally the direction we want to go in, but if there's not a solid plan about what we're doing, we're very prone to procrastinate or just be quite general about where we're going. And then we get frustrated with ourselves that things maybe aren't heading in the direction that you want or or you're not achieving those goals as quickly as you were hoping. So it's really that document that holds you accountable to not just the goal, but also the timeline to make sure that you are actually getting to where you want to go. And I think it's a really, really key feature of a business plan is identifying your priorities. So quite often when a decision, quite often when a decision comes your way, you will have Essentially, it will affect multiple priorities. So it might affect your home life. It might affect your business growth. So it's very important to have a stance as to what of these priorities are actually more important so that when making a decision, you are balancing it against your priorities so that you do, after making that decision and going down that route, still sit as you would have expected with your business plan. And you might find that some of those priorities are a bit fluid and that new opportunities that you weren't expecting may come up that may completely change the balance of those. So your business plan isn't a fixed position. You may find that it needs some revisions or some changes as those priorities change. But it is that document that you've got all of that information together so that if something comes up, you can see where an opportunity fits and where you may need to shift that direction a little bit of the overall business because a great opportunity that you weren't expecting comes up. So it's definitely fluid, but it's also that that thing that is holding you accountable, as we said. Yeah, and just giving you enough guidance. So you can probably hear from this that you're having a business plan. It's a great idea. There's heaps and heaps of benefits to it. But the next step is working out who's really involved in that business planning process. So this is really dependent on who you want to be involved. You could limit it to just directors, directors, shareholders potentially, but you also might decide that you want to incorporate some of your key staff. Maybe it's an administration person who does a lot for your business and you really value what their input is. It might also be your accountant or your banker, or maybe you've got a business coach. 
Yeah, it definitely doesn't need to be limited to people inside your business. It could be those external people as well. And you might find that, again, that team of people that you have involved in this process may change over time. As you're starting out in business, you might find that you are the only key stakeholder within the business as you're working by yourself and you maybe haven't started employing staff yet. So you're going to be that key person. And that may be where it's a really good idea to either get your banker or your advisor in to help with that business plan so that you've got somebody to maybe bounce some ideas off or have that person be the person that you um, that is holding you accountable to those goals as well because it's a really difficult thing to try and create those goals and hold yourself accountable um, when there's nobody else that knows what those goals are to check in with you and say, how are you going? Um, these are these are actually what your results are showing you. Where does that sit with your goals? So, And then as you grow, you may find that then you have those key staff, whether it's managers or admin staff who are going to be really important to helping you in the day-to-day operations of the business that are slowly chipping away at those goals. So if you're going to rely on those staff to help deliver on the overall goals, they need to be key in making sure that they're achievable. But the biggest thing is, is that those staff need to know what those goals are that you're working towards because you don't want your staff going off in a completely different direction or focusing their attention elsewhere if they're going to be really key in driving the direction of those goals. For sure. And I also take it as a really great opportunity to engage with those external stakeholders, mm-hmm. accountants, bankers, coach. So when you are looking for financing through the bank or other resources, having that strong relationship and making those external stakeholders feeling engaged throughout your business life cycle will make you look more favourable when you are needing them for other, other help. It's definitely a thing of being proactive rather than reactive when dealing with those external stakeholders, especially at the moment when there's quite a competitive market for lending, that being on the front foot and having all of these things like business plans in place before you start talking to your banker or other external stakeholder definitely shows that you're looking at the right things and are going to have the answers to the questions that they're going to be asking about can you meet your lending requirements because you've already had those thoughts before you've had a chat to them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's really important. So we now know, we know the benefits of having a business plan. We know who we should be involving in the process of creating a business plan. Now, next is really important is to cover of what actually makes a good business plan. We've talked about this a lot in all of our episodes of what makes a good employer, what makes a good business person, but what makes a good business plan, Melissa? Well, generally, you'll see that you'll need to start with some of the bigger questions about what is the overall strategy of your business? And that can be quite a daunting question to answer. Um, But it's a thing that is giving you the overall direction of where you want your business to go. Essentially, your business plan is a collection of goals, short-term, long-term. Your strategy is going to be that super long-term goal that is going to drive those smaller goals. So you want to start with that big picture and then break it down into smaller, more achievable goals that you can 
work day to day. So say a small number of goals that you want to achieve over the next year, and then smaller goals again that break each of those one year goals down into say 90 day goals that you can work towards, achieve them, and then reset new 90 day goals that make sure that you achieve those one year goals and then in turn achieve your overall strategy. Oh, that's very true. So we're probably going to hear in the in one of the future episodes a mindfulness called rocks, paper, rocks, pebbles, pebbles sand. sand. So with that one, that's really talking about create your one-year goal first because that's a big one. Then create your 90-day goal second so that they can also fit into the jar and then create the tasks that you're going to need to achieve in order to meet your goals last so that you can actually order them correctly so that you are completing tasks first to meet your 90-day goals and then completing 90-day goals, which should hopefully help you get to your one-year goals as well. Exactly. And I think probably the words business plan sounds like a big daunting piece of work. And sometimes they can be, they can include a whole bunch of different um, written things if you're going to present that to an external party. But the key thing to remember is that ultimately all it is is a goal setting exercise for where you want your business to go. So it is all about starting with a big picture goal and then breaking those down into more achievable chunks. And I guess the thing that's going to make that uh, really handy and really punchy that you can refer back to is, if at all possible, trying to get that all on one page, get it all summarised in a way that is easy to refer back to, easy to read, easy for your team to see the direction that you want your business to go in as well. So if you have it nice and compact, then it's more likely that you'll go back to it, more likely that your staff will understand where you're going rather than having a whole heap of information that maybe um, clouds a little bit of what that direction is. For sure. Yeah, it's very similar to if you want to have a mission statement or something, you can dense it as small as possible so that it's really relatable and easy for people to realise. Now, we also have some good resources available throughout New Zealand. So we've got some websites, so you can be going on something like biz.gov.nz or also approaching your bank. Quite often both of those resources have business plan templates which you can use and generally they'll get it onto that one pager. But we do really want to emphasise that that's best practice. Best practice is to have it on one page, one year goals, 90 day goals and also to have your tasks that you're going to complete. But you need to make sure that it's your business plan. So find something that works for you. If you are not a written person and you want to have graphs and visuals, include those, making sure that you're making it your business plan, which is very, very, very important. Absolutely. And if you're completely stuck about where to start, you might find that some of those resources um, are a really helpful way to start getting some direction to take the steps to get a business plan. And then you may find that when it actually comes to putting it all together into a final document that you don't necessarily use that template or you may use it for your initial business plan and over time as you revisit it, you might find that you actually find different ways to work. And so it's absolutely fine however you put this together, but essentially you just want to pull together some ideas of your direction and how you want to achieve your goals 
And however you do that is completely fine so long as it works for you. Absolutely. And the only exception to that rule will be if you are needing the business plan, for instance, for funding from the bank, and they'll probably just want you to use their template when you provide it to them. But for internally used business plans, it's very important to make sure it's readable and relevant to your business. Absolutely. We talked before about goals and that essentially a business plan is a culmination of all of these goals. So it's probably key to revisit a concept which we spoke about a couple of episodes ago, and that's just about smart goal setting. So I think if we run through the acronym again so that we can just reveal to the listeners who might have missed that episode any key intakes to what's important when creating a SMART goal. Absolutely. So as Kelsey says, SMART is an acronym for how you make sure that your goals are going to be the best possible goals. So we'll start with the S and S is specific. So you want to make sure that all of your goals are as specific as possible. You don't want to set just an overall general goal. You want to have actual steps or actual results that you can achieve that you can then check that you've achieved those steps or those results and then at that stage you can tick off that goal say that's been achieved and moved on to the next one. That's yep that's absolutely key. Now if we move on to M being measurable very important with this is making sure that it is quantitative measurable. So do not just say, I want to increase my sales. You need to say, I want to increase my sales by 10%. And I want to do it, you know, so it's making sure that you're actually putting a, a numerical figure on any increases like that and making sure you can measure it against prior performance. Absolutely. And so for the A, A is achievable, and that is making sure that the goals that you are setting are actually something that you can achieve in your business in the current environment. So, and you may find that that may change slightly, but when you're setting your goal, you want to be able to say, in 90 days, in six months time, this is where I want to be. And you don't want to say, I want to double or triple my sales. Um, especially at the moment when we're coming out of a COVID lockdown situation, that may not be achievable for your business. So it's making sure that the environment that you're in right now or based on the performance that you've had in the last few months, that the goal that you're setting is something that you can achieve both with what you're resourcing now and the external environment that you're currently working in. That's completely correct. And the point of goals is to push yourself, but we're not trying to create a goal that isn't achievable because that's going to make it really, really tricky for you to focus on and actually try your best to achieve that goal. And you want them to be motivating. If you set something that is not achievable, then it's going to be really demotivating for both yourself and your team if you've got staff. And that's completely against the purpose of why you're putting time aside to do these goals in the first place. Totally. So next we have R being relevant. So this is quite key when you're talking about your business plan. So when you're creating a business plan, you are prioritising your goals, but also you are prioritising your values. 
So making sure that your goals are relevant to your business as a whole, but also to your business values, rather than just creating a goal which doesn't actually align with how you want to do business. Absolutely. And that's with your business plan, because you're starting with that big picture um, overall strategy or mission statement, you want your goals to be relevant to where that final destination is, rather than having something that's completely left of field, does not address that mission statement at all. So that's why by doing it all as a single business plan of different steps to achieve those goals, everything will work up so that eventually you are achieving that overall mission statement. That's couldn't have worded it better myself. <laughs> and the final letter of our SMART acronym is T, which is timely, which is giving yourself a time frame for these goals. And that is something that you can achieve that in as well. Again, you don't want to have a goal that is how long is a piece of string. Um, you want to have an actual in 90 days or in one year's time, this is where we're going to be. And again, that that works with everything else that you've got going in your business. If it is a how long is a piece of string goal, again, that's going to be something that's quite demotivating because there's not that sense of this is how we're going to do it. This is, this is the overall direction. This is where we're moving. We need to achieve this by then. There's not that hustle of trying to get to a certain point by a certain time to hold yourself accountable. Totally. You need to make sure that it is time-bound because without time-bound goals, they can just keep going, keep going, keep going. And you're never going to achieve it if you don't have a goal in mind when you want to complete it by. And I think if you don't have a time frame, that makes it really easy to procrastinate. It You make it tomorrow's problem constantly. If you have a deadline, it, it really holds you accountable to be this needs to be done by this date. And if not, then this is what's going to happen. And that's essentially what you're doing with your goals. Yeah, that's very, very true. So we've created this awesome business plan. It's got some smart goals all throughout it. We've involved our key stakeholders internally and externally. But we need to really focus on the next step, which is actually the most important part of creating a business plan. And that's holding you accountable to it. By all means, it's great to create a beautiful looking business plan, but unless you are held accountable to meeting and achieving these goals, it was a waste of your time, unfortunately. I think what we find is because uh, a lot of the time that people look to do business plans is sort of reactive. They need to do one for an external stakeholder, such as the bank, that they set it just so that they can get that funding and then they forget about it. And again, that's not helpful, even though you've had to do this exercise for the bank, there you have invested a, a decent amount of time and you've asked some really key questions of your business. So make the most of that investment and revisit it. Uh, look at whether those goals are still appropriate and adjust them if you need to. Make sure that you are doing some reporting and have some key KPIs in those monthly or quarterly reports that you run that are showing you whether you are on the right track to achieve those goals or whether you maybe need to adjust something that you're doing day to day to improve the business's performance against those goals. 
Yes, there's no issues with adding additional tasks that you need to complete in order to complete your goals or even altering goals as they don't seem to become relevant. For instance, mm -hmm. people that had goals early 2020 would have most likely been revising those goals once we had our first COVID lockdown. So it's taking into account lots of different things throughout your business and also externally with the business environment as well. And it's key to remember that just revisiting your business plan or changing some of those tasks or bigger goals, that's not necessarily a sign of failure. It's just the fact that things are movable and that maybe what was important to you a year ago is not necessarily the same thing that's important to you now. So it's just making sure that the business plan and the things that you're holding yourself accountable are relevant to where you are right now, both personally and in your business. So I've got some friends which have recently just been going over their yearly review of their business plan and they actually took some time out. They took some time out of the office, they went away and they focused on their key values. So they started writing down and so for them at their stage of life it was really important that their kids were of key consideration. They're going to uni and they just want to make sure that they're basing all of their decisions on where they are and what their values are at this stage. So I would recommend is don't do this at the end of the day on a Friday. Set aside some really important time where you can actually assess what is important to you, what's important to your business so that you can create goals that are alongside those values. Absolutely. I guess if we look back as to this episode so far, I think we're getting a bit close to the end of it. So it'd be quite important to wrap up and go over what we've discussed so far in this episode. So we initially started off with the benefits of your business plan, things like giving you direction, prioritising goals. We then headed into who should be involved. So we want to make sure that we're involving all internal and external stakeholders. And after that, we had a look at what to include in a good business plan and how that may be a set template or it may be quite fluid depending on how you like to see that information and what's useful to you and your team stakeholders. And then finally, we've looked at how to set smart goals to make sure that the business plan has the most value and the importance of revisiting and holding yourself accountable in those goals. So you would have heard from us earlier that there's many different resources you can use for business templates. But if you do find yourself struggling with this, please do not hesitate to get in contact with your advisor or us as well. We're more than happy to go through whether it's a template, holding sessions with you so that we can actually pull from you all of those values and things that you find important. So please do not hesitate in getting in touch with us. For this week's mindfulness, we're going to cover the Golden Circle, which is a concept created by Simon Sinek, which challenges us to examine the emotional core of what makes our employees and our customers buy into what we're doing as a business. So that's that whole quote of people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Absolutely. So as business people, we tend to think from the inside out of a bullseye, which means that we think about what we're doing and what products we're selling to our customers. 
And then we think of how we're doing that selling. And then finally, we think about the why. What the golden circle tells us to do is that we should flip that thinking on its head. So we should start with our clarity of why. And that is our business purpose and why you do what you do. So with that, you want to quickly define in half a dozen words or so why you are in business. So is that your dreams, your goals, your motivations, why you're actually doing business? Absolutely. So once you've got that really nailed down and really clear, you move to the second circle of the bullseye, the middle one. And that is defining your discipline of how. And this is your process of how you do what you do in your business. And you want to define in this step what makes you different to your competitors. So that's your unique selling point. And every business will have one. Even if you can't immediately think of it, there's something that makes you different to what your competitors are doing and why customers should be coming to you rather than your competition. Once you have both your purpose and your process sorted, you move to that outer circle, which is your consistency of what and your results. So that's the what you do. The products, the services, what you actually tangibly give to the client. Yes, exactly. So they're, they're going to be all of those products and everything that you want to instinctually push first. You want to hold back and tell somebody, this is our business. This is why we exist. This is how we're going to deliver our service to you. And finally, this is actually what you're going to end up with after we finish selling. And if you flip that thought into the right order and start from the inside out, you'll see better results from your customers and your clients and get your business to where you want to go. So you're going to have customers that really engage with your morals and engage with why you do business. They're not just buying you because you can dig them a hole. They're actually using you because you can provide them with similar morals and how they operate exactly. their business as well. What we know about human nature is that even if somebody is slightly more expensive, that if you're on the same page with somebody, then you're more likely to align yourself and your business to their business. So if you can sell that point and your why first, then people are going to fall into step with the process and the what down the line because they're already on board and invested in why you're doing your business. Love it. Love it. Thank you for listening to our episode. If you enjoyed today's podcast, jump along to your favorite podcast app and like, rate and subscribe the episode so that others can find the podcast as well. And if you need to get in contact with us for direct tailored advice, please do not hesitate to phone our office or flick us an email, melancal at bdo.co.nz. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Unlocking Business Potential backed by BDO Taranaki. Bye.